the next lesson in these first 24 verses of Luke chapter 21 is to calm the people's anxious thoughts about His second coming. Most of them as yet did not perceive um, His impending death. They didn't understand that He had to go to the cross and die. That that was a mystery to them, let alone His second advent. And their questions arose from His statement about the destruction of the temple. They were just kind of left um, hanging. Uh, He said, not one stone will be left upon another. Everything you're looking at here is going to be gone. And, And we know now that he was talking about A.D. 70 when he would go in and absolutely destroy Jerusalem. But I was looking at this and thinking about it, and I need as a pastor teacher to learn something here about truth, spiritual truth, and lessons uh, the Scripture says learned in the heart. I need to learn something here. I'm not to be discouraged when teaching if some do not immediately grasp what I have to say. Nobody grasped what he had to say. But he didn't quit teaching. Nobody responded to it. And these were things that uh, they had to transpire before these men could fully understand what it was he was teaching. They hadn't happened yet. It hadn't come to pass yet. There was things that had to be uh, manifest. His second coming would have little meaning until they perceived uh, what his death on the cross was all about. It would have had little meaning to them. Christ must go to the cross, suffer and die, be buried and rise from the dead and ascend into glory. He must be seen of them and then He must be uh, ascend up into glory and then send to them the Holy Comforter. And even though they were ignorant of what He was teaching, yet He taught them knowing that in time these things would be profitable unto them. And I think back on my own experience hearing Brother Mahan teach and preach the gospel and how little it seemed at the time, how little impact uh, that those things had on me at the time. But there was things that had to transpire. Things that had to be manifest. Things that had to uh, come to pass providential things, events and circumstances before I could begin to glean the full value of his teaching. But oh, how I draw from them now. I need to think about that when I'm teaching. And sometimes I look and it just seems like people are way off somewhere or they're just not following what I have to say. I, I don't need to be discouraged. I, things have to happen. They have to happen. But our Lord told them that certain things must come to pass, but the end is not by and by. That's what he says over in the book of Luke. Verse 9. In Matthew's account, he says the end is not yet. 
There's a time pending. There's things said in the counsel of God that must come to pass. And we need to realize that about one another. There's things that have to transpire. His providence is not just a, a general providence, but it's an individual providence. There's a work going on in this world, and it's going on right now, and a work not seen or understood by men, a mysterious work, a providential work. And there's a people, a people chosen of God and being prepared as was the apostles. They're being prepared to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. And every day of their life was a contribution to that end. Every day, the the Lord's providence was giving them things and sustaining them and and restraining them and everything that He does in His providence, all of these things was a contribution to their ministry and a contribution uh, to the saving of their soul. He said the end is not yet. There's still things that have to come to pass. And the lesson this morning is, the time is not yet. And here in Luke, he said, it is not by and by, as these things he describes begin to come to pass. In Matthew's account, as I said, he said, the time is not yet. And the second advent of Christ is a mystery, isn't it? It's a mystery. God is not purposed for any man to know that hour. And, and though people, I, I don't know really, I've never listened to them that close because I'm convinced that no man knows that hour. It's not for him to know. Of that time, he's, he has many things to say. He said it'll come as a thief in the night. That's how it's going to come. You, you're not a thief in the night. He just, he's not there and then he is. In an hour, he said that you think not. Boy, that wipes away all these graphs and pinpointing the day and the hour. And I just throw that out the window because he said it's going to come in an hour when you think not. As it was, he said, in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Marrying, giving in marriage, just a normal day. All things continuing just like they always have. Nothing going on to alert any unregenerate men of the end of time. But several things coming to pass to alert believers. Now I want to begin here. We're living in the last days. Isn't that what the Scripture said? You know, we're, we're talking about what's going to happen in the last days. You're in the last days. It's happening right now. Right now. And there is but one advent left on the calendar of Holy Scripture, and that's the second coming of Christ. He's going to come and gather all His elect out of this world, both who are in the grave and who are still alive on this earth. And He'll come before the judgment of this world and gather His people to Himself, body, soul, and spirit. In John 14, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? 
believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's why I left. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Think of it. Just, just think on that for a minute. A place in glory reserved for you. You, you can't even imagine such a thing, can you? A place in glory. A place for me, prepared for me. Not an unwanted alien, but a fellow citizen. Not some stranger, but a, 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 a son, an heir. And what a comfort to dying men and women who believe on the Son of God. I go to prepare a place for you. I don't have to wonder is there a place. He went to prepare it. He who cannot lie says I'm coming again. And I'll come again and receive you unto myself. I'll never forget as long as I live my first day at school. I don't know if any of you had this experience, but... Uh, I was the, the baby of nine, and I was all alone in the house, and every, you know, I'm comfortable with the house, I get up, mom's fixing breakfast, everything going, I know everybody there, uh, the bread man comes, the milk man comes, I know them all, you know, and, they're, and they're, I'm just comfortable as I can be. All of a sudden, she dresses me up, takes me down to this school, Opens the door and kind of pats me on the behind and said, get on in there. I'll be back after a while. <laughs> and turned around and left. I tell you, I, I'll never forget that as long as I live. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know how they were going to react to me or how things were going to be and what I had to go through. But oh, listen to this. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Well, what's that mean? That means if he is no stranger here, he won't be a stranger there. That's what that means. I will come. The only place there's any comfort, the Holy Spirit don't just comfort you like a seasoning on a on a plate of food, you know, put a little this and a little that. The Holy Spirit makes us to know, personally know. That word know has to do with an intimate relationship. And the Holy Spirit causes us to enter into an intimate relationship with a person. And He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll come again. I'll receive you unto myself that where I where I. But to all the deceived and unbelieving world, he'll say this Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Do you think he's just talking to the thieves and the um, murderers and convicts and ungodly men, you, you think that's who he's talking to here? Yes, he is talking to them, but he's talking past that. 
He's talking about religious men. Men who have staked their whole lives and their eternity on, on falsehood and lies. You made lies your refuge. That's what our Lord said. You, you laid your soul, you trusted your soul on a lie. On a lie. I never knew you. Eternal life is to know Him. It's to know Him. Do I know Him? Well, to know Him is eternal life. Have I heard His Word? The Word of truth? The Word of the Gospel? And if I have, and I do believe on Him, it says I pass from death unto life. I pass. I'm not in darkness anymore. I'm not in... Uh, tied up and shrouded mysteries anymore. We have light. We're, we're, uh, he, he has made us meet to be partaker of the inheritance of enlightened saints. We have light. Do I have eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart to understand, and God has given me the ability to do so. The ability. And I don't know of a single believer uh, in whom the Lord has given sight and ears to hear and, and, and given them a heart to understand. I don't know of a single one who hasn't confronted family and friends with that and stood in amazement as they didn't believe anything they said. It just seems unbelievable, don't it? It's so clear to you. Why is it so clear to you? He give you a heart to know Him. That's why. Called out of darkness, translated into His holy kingdom, born of the Spirit, given power to become sons of God. It's not about when, is it? It's not about when. It's about who's coming and why He's coming and what is to follow this appearance. Mark twelve thirty seven. he said, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching, watching for him, looking for him. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself. Who? The Lord of glory. Huh? He shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. <laughs> oh my soul if he shall come in the second watch or the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants be ye therefore ready also for the son of man cometh at an hour when ye think not we're living in the last days secondly what about the signs of the time uh, every time I hear a volcano or a tornado or somebody said, now you know what it says, there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. Last day's coming. Last day's coming. Well, yeah, I know it's coming. It's coming. But we're living in the last day. It's a sign of the time. All these signs of the times that these people who try to predict the end of the world, all of these signs are not signs. They're not signs. Turn with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Verse 1. 
There's there's a lot of speculation, theories, and opinions about the last days. But here's what our Lord says to us. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven. They're going to be participants in this, aren't they? He's coming in all the glory of His Father's house with all the holy angels. Nobody knows this hour but my Father only. And Mark adds, not even the Son. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The whole world was under the curse of God. The whole world. They were judged, damned, and awaiting punishment. The whole world. Every imagination of the thoughts of men's heart was only evil continually, and nothing changed in them. Not in their thoughts or in their lives, but the end was coming soon. The end had already been manifested. God already pronounced judgment. They just awaiting the the hangman. Time's coming. But they weren't aware of it. Did, Did Noah not preach that? Sure he did. Sure he did. But nothing changed in them. Nothing changed in their thoughts or in their lives. But the end was still coming. The long-suffering of God, Peter said, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was prepared. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God called this man to build an ark to the preservation of his life and all that God commanded to go in it. God gave him its design and purpose one board at a time. Huh? One board at a time. He didn't give him a... He can go down to the lumber company and send it all up one board. They didn't have lumber companies. You had to go cut down the tree and shape the wood. That's what gopher wood, that's what it's all about. It's a shaped wood. They took the logs and hewed them and sawed them and chipped away day after day. 120 years, this man and his family worked on this vessel one piece at a time. It was fashioned together until shape began to appear and, and it begun, began to take on a form. What you building, Noah? What are you building? I'm building an ark. An ark? What's an ark? It's a vessel into which God's going to save every man that He's purposed to save. Everything that God's going to save and preserve, He's going to put in this ark. Preserve it from what? A flood. A flood? Well, who ever heard of that? It's never rained. Huh? It's never rained. 
Judgment's coming and our only hope is in this ark. Now Noah, can't you just see some, some well-meaning citizen? He comes down and puts his arm around Noah and he said, no. Noah, he said, uh, I think you could do more good if you went out here and took that lumber and built a Christian school. I think you could do more good. I think you win more souls with a social ministry than just standing here in this one place piecing together this vessel. Oh, I can just hear the arguments, can't you? I can just hear A good God wouldn't destroy all mankind. No, but a just God would. A loving God wouldn't bury the whole world in a flood. No, but a righteous God would. And the God I preach is a just God and a Savior. Here's the sign of the time. Here's a people that have found grace in the eyes of the Lord and God called some men like Noah to preach. One board at a time. One doctrine at a time. One thing at a time. What, what's the form? What is this doctrine? What is he trying to preach? It's the doctrine of Christ. It's his person. And you just keep pointing to it. Keep pointing to him. One piece at a time. God's purpose to save a people for the glory of his name. And we set this body before men. One sermon at a time. One revelation at a time. One declaration at a time. And the world goes on in their wicked imaginations. Being deceived and influenced by worldly philosophy and traditional religion and satanic theology. A false gospel leaves men and women secure until the storm comes. So what's the sign of the time? Indifference. You want to know the sign? Here it is. We ain't interested. Oh, ignorance of God makes people feel at ease until the sky blackens. Huh? Lies serve as a refuge until reality sets in. The sign of the time is the preaching of the gospel to an uncaring, unbelieving, unalarmed world. They're so busy with the world, they're too busy, too busy with the world to hear the gospel. I got a wedding I have to plan. I'll see you in a few weeks. I'll see you in a month. I got a boat I have to buy. I got a crop to plant, a house to build, a wife to marry. On and on and on it goes. I got a retirement. I have planned for my retirement. My wife start working on Sundays. You won't be seeing me on Sunday. So did those in the days of Noah. And in spite of God's servant warning them day by day, they knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. The sign of the time is complacency. Complacency of the world concerning the purpose and person of Jesus Christ. They're not interested in that. 
Just, just give me something to do. Give, give me something to, to give. Give me an amount. Give me this. Give me that. Make me a Sunday school teacher. Do something. Just tell me what you want from me. They're not interested in Christ. They're not interested in it. They, they got total disregard for the messenger and message of God. And it's the lethargic attitude brought on by any occasion to exercise the means and message of God. That's when they get too busy. Eternal judgment's near and there's no terror, no alarm, no panic, no anxiety. We're living in the last days. Nobody's even talking about it. Huh? If you really knew how close the end was, you'd be trembling in your boots, and so would I. Huh? You see that out here anywhere? Total indifference. Oh, I'll get there one day, preacher, when I get ready. My friend, that's the sign of the time. Right there. That's it. It ain't the earthquakes. It's the preaching of the gospel and men's indifference to it. Today, the scripture said, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Those men hardened their hearts over and he said, I, I think this is, uh, I can't quote it word for word, but this is the gist of what he said. These ten times, God said, if you provoke me. Huh? Over, ten times. Over and over and over. And this, this God's He's sending a rock that followed them all through the wilderness. This big gigantic rock and water gushing out of it, feeding all their cattle. There's a cloud that follows them, gives them light at night, protection. Huh? They're totally indifferent to it. Totally indifferent. God gives you everything you sit down to the table and eat. I don't care who you are, how ungodly you are. God puts food on your table and you eat it. But you're totally indifferent to Him. You'll drink His water. He causes His rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He said today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. They tempted me, proved me, saw my works forty years and did always err in their hearts because they were ignorant of my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. They're not coming in. Take heed, brother, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily why it's called today. <laughs> There's a day right now. Ain't that what he's saying? Today's the day. Oh, one day. No, ain't going to be a one day. It's today. It's today. An opportunity, an opening. A warning, a manifestation of God's grace and mercy. His providence has opened an occasion for you to hear. Don't throw it away. Don't cast it aside. 
Is it not an evidence of the coming of Christ that men and women are so unconcerned with their own souls? Scripture speaks of a day when Satan shall be loosed into earth and go out and deceive the nations and gather them together against God's saints until the fire of God falls from heaven and comes down and destroys them all. This is the sign of the time. So how shall we look for this great and terrible day? Well, we're not to look for a certain day. We look every day. Every day. Every day that He gives us is another day closer to His coming. We're to look for it with expectancy, longing for its appearance, not running from it, not trying to hide from it, longing for it. And we're to look for it with an urgency knowing that that time is short. It's short. Now, he said this 2,000 years ago. If it was short then... What is it now? And we're to look for His coming with assurance. He will not appear until all His elect have been called and brought safe into the fold. Not one drop of rain fell on that ark till God shut the door. Did it? Not one drop. Come on, Noah. You and all your house. Come on in. And God shut the door. Then, then the rain began to fall. Oh, and I'll tell you, here's the last thing. Matthew 24, 28 says, Wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And the carcass is talking about Christ crucified, dying in our skin. And spiritually, we feed upon His flesh and we gather together to do so. Oh, may the Lord give us the right mind concerning His coming. Here's the sign, He said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. They're just going to be marrying and giving Him marriage and fixing breakfast and getting the mower ready to mow. It's going to be a normal day, just like every other day, except for one thing. It's going to be the last day. The last day. May the Lord bless the teaching of His Word. Thank you.